Hello, and welcome to this episode of my lovely podcast that I have now freshly titled The Publicist Speaks. I'm Jessica, the self-proclaimed podcast guru, and today I'm here with Amber Vandebunt, author of the memoir Overcome, author, mother, survivor, and star. Amber is more than just jack-of-all-trades. She's excelling at everything. Hi! Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for that intro. <laughs> I'm super excited to have you. Um, firstly, congratulations. Uh, at the time of recording this morning, it was announced that you were nominated for some AVN awards, right? I was. I was really excited about that. I, I got three. My whole dream, I think, ever since I started going to AVN awards was like the mainstream venture because it's kind of like, oh, you can do more than just porn. Not that like porn is bad, but it's like you can do other things too. <laughs> so when I saw, and that's the one I was like, I was wanting, but I didn't want to say it out loud because I didn't want to like jinx, <laughs> jinx myself it, or, yeah. or just in case I didn't get it, I didn't want to get too excited. But then I saw it said Amber Vandebunt for Overcome. Overcome. I know. So super, that's, that's my favorite nomination I've ever gotten. That's amazing. And we're all super excited. Um, earlier, uh, I was looking through the different nominations because I've heard of the AVN Awards and I've known what they are, but I've never like gone through the list of the different categories that there are to like get awards with. And I was reading through the, the your fellow nominees for Best Venture uh, or what was it called? Mainstream Venture. Mainstream Venture. There we go. And it has a very interesting mix of like there's a books, there's another book up there, there's a, a movie, some um, music videos. Okay. And I was like, this is so interesting. Yeah. And I was just like, this is so cool. And I'm so excited that you you were nominated for this, especially since you were saying that you really want like the, the, it is something that you really wanted. So what does it feel like? Did you think that you'd get here? Yeah, I don't know why it was always something I really wanted to to get. I guess it's just there's so many like sex awards, but then it's like, oh, look, someone ventured out of the industry and did something else. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even think about that when I was writing my book. But then when the nomination season was coming, I started thinking like, oh, my gosh, what if I got nominated <laughs> for my book? But yeah, it is. It, it is very mixed. Like it's basically anyone who did anything that is from other than porn. Sex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. But it's still super exciting because I didn't even I didn't know that the AVN was that broad. Yeah. Um, and I was like looking through it and there's so many different awards, which is super cool. It's so many those, scenes. So many scenes, so many different like versions of actors and actresses that are awarded for different things. All girl, all male group. And I'm just like, this is the coolest, most... Um, what did I say about it? It was like, it's super diverse. It's, yeah, thank you. Diverse. <laughs> it is very mixed and it does cover all the bases, which I think is super interesting. Yeah. Um, well, today we're going to do a Q&A from the internet. Ooh. I asked the internet, um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if they had questions for you, what they were. Naturally, we got a couple of uh, dick pics. I was wondering about that. I was like, oh no. In our I know messenger. what happened. <laughs> It was really funny um, because for the first time, be since we started doing this brand of podcasting, I'm now tagged, like my personal Instagram is now tagged in all of the Publicist Speaks thing. So I woke up this morning and I'm like, oh, look at all these Twitter notifications. I'm so cool. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, oh, look at all these penises. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. it was really funny because I... I mean, I wasn't like shocked about it because I knew what I was asking and I was prepared for 
stuff like that to happen. Right. But we got some actually very insightful questions. Yeah. Once in a while, there'll be someone that's like, oh, wow, that's a good question I don't get <laughs> asked often. Yeah, Thank just you. Like, what? Um, and so I have, a, I have, I think, 15 of them. Um, so we're going to go through them. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, first one from Kylie Leanne on Instagram says, you talk about taking Imodium and Arnica tablets when you're preparing for a porn scene. I'm curious. What are those for? So the Imodium is for before anal scenes mm -hmm. because you're doing a lot of cleaning like the night of, the morning of, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's kind of like stirring stuff up. So <laughs> then you want to take the Imodium to kind of like slow it all down. And I, it's not good for your body when you're taking it all the time because mm -hmm. before I left the industry, the first time when I before I came back, I was doing probably like four anal scenes a week. Okay. So each scene, I would probably do like two emodiums before, and it's it dehydrates your body and stops kind of everything from flowing, which is great for the scene because yeah. you don't want an accident like that to happen <laughs> in front of everyone with I a camera it. on yeah. and lights on you. So that's why I take that, and then. Uh, the Arnica, I take Arnica when I'm bruised and sore. So it could be something from like, because we never really have sex on a bed. Yeah. Usually it's like, okay, the staircase or even before <laughs> I was like in the desert on a big boulder. <laughs> so like I get my knees always get bruised oh. or you get bruised or just like, even if like body parts are sore, the mm -hmm. Arnica is something I've always taken whenever like I experienced that. That's awesome. She also says that... She very much loved the chapter that your hubby wrote at the end, and it made her feel all warm and fuzzy inside. That's what so many people and say. I, like, I love so it. Yeah, I mean, even I felt that way when I read it because mm -hmm. he wrote it when he was on deployment too. Oh, goodness. So then I when he I got that email and wrote it. I had no idea first of all if it was going to be like a paragraph because I asked him to write <laughs> yeah, his point of view because I knew there that's going to be the questions. Well, how does how is she married and do mm -hmm. porn? So I, when he wrote that and I read it I felt the same way it's like oh I have a couple of friends who who have been in the industry before and have partners who are in the industry with them um and we like we've always wondered like is it different having your partner in the scene like in your scenes with you or like just being completely separated and the general consensus from my friends is like it's better when we're completely separated mm -hmm. like not having to do with each other's like career paths right. and then coming back home together yeah um, so it's just been super interesting so I'm, I'm glad that he was able to participate and give his side of the story it is super heartwarming and it's super sweet of him to be so supportive in all of that yeah he's definitely like a very rare human because <laughs> I don't even think I could even though I know what the the industry entails and how it is professional and stuff it's a lot to deal with but yeah. he's always just been the type of person that he's like let's do job like no questions asked so that's amazing though it's very rare because then my friends are like how are you finding how did you find him does he have a brother because most guys are not like that at yeah. all like usually when industry girls get a boyfriend who's not in the industry they usually leave because the guys make them feel bad about what they do and try to convince them to leave so i definitely got lucky that's awesome well i think that uh that begins our like constructive interesting questions um my next one is from ALSTXI on Twitter, uh, he asks, what did writing this book do for you besides bring up the past? It definitely made me analyze a lot of situations. 
so in one aspect, I'm like thinking, like when I'm writing these things, like, wow, this was my life. I can and kind of like make feeling stupid for my actions. Like when mm-hmm. I'm writing about all the times I would drive drunk, mm-hmm. like just like, wow, what was I thinking? Like, and looking back, like shaking my head at it. But then at the same time, like, wow, that was my life. And now look at my life to see how much I've grown. Right. So that it was like, oh, you're so stupid. But look how far you've came. Right. So like, thankfully, I didn't hurt anyone or like that. I'm still alive to this day. But it did make me appreciate how far I've came because I'm really Mm -hmm. hard on myself usually. So when you write about things in the past and like it's not like that anymore, I kind of was appreciating myself more in my, my journey and seeing how much I, I really have overcame. Hey, it's like your title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drop that right there. <laughs> so thinking about your past and like moving out and into your future, obviously like this is a memoir. This is about you. Right. Was there a point in your in the middle of your process where just like, why am I telling people these things? I've always been super open my whole life, like since I had a social media account, I used to have a Tumblr account, which was like my public diary. So <laughs> I would write everything like so that's how I got a lot of like my girl fan base. Right. Uh, a lot of these girls who are now like Carmen fans <laughs> because they saw knew me from Tumblr days yeah. and they kind of followed me through this whole journey. So I've never been shy about it. But publishing a book was a little bit more like this is going to be a printed copy. Anyone can have hands on it. Uh So it was at some point, some parts of the book, I'm like, ooh, like this is kind of hard to share. Do I want, like anyone can read this. So like my daughter is going to read this one day. Any family member, if they feel like it can read it. Right. You never know who's going to read it. So that was kind of intimidating and made me think like, should I be telling people this? But then I kept remembering like, okay, well, yeah, that's part of my story. And most of those things are like, okay, that was my past. Right. So it's kind of like, yeah, I did do that. But look, look how at it far now. You've come now. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's what I just kept remembering. Okay, well, then the story ends and differently, a- <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it was like things when I'm writing about like, oh, how I used to sell drugs and go into people's houses and sell their stuff. Like, yeah. so that was like hard to write because in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, are my in-laws ever going to let me over again? Are they going <laughs> to think I'm going to steal from them? Yeah, of course. You know, like, are people going to think my like judge my character because of things I've done in the past? So that was definitely there was things like that conflicting in my head. But overall, I was like, oh, that's just my story. So I'm going to mm-hmm. be honest about it. If I'm going to do this, I want to be honest. Which is a great way to go about it. And then that kind of ties into um, the next question from Facebook is it's hard to condense a multifaceted person into a single memoir. What conscious choices did you have to make about the tone of your book uh, and how you portrayed yourself? I feel like there's so many different things I've struggled with in my life that Mm -hmm. it was kind of hard. Like I kind of just like glided over like all my eating disorder stuff, but I could write a whole memoir just about my eating disorder. Like there's so much more. So I had to kind of pick what I wanted to go into detail about. And I thought more of like the sex work and addiction was kind of like the stuff where things really changed. Mm -hmm. But like the eating disorder, like I said, I kind of graced over it. But I feel like the eating disorder morphed because I've always been an addict like by nature so I had an eating disorder until I discovered drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I'm like okay bye eating disorder because now <laughs> I'm going to take it out through this way that yeah. I can actually escape and black out and don't have to be here anymore so it's kind of been like a morph of my addiction 
And then um, I kind of left out a lot of stuff about like the bodybuilding world that I went into because that was like another little obsession that I went through. You know, I'm always addicted to something, whether it's healthy or unhealthy. Um, So I did. I just had to like leave out things that I didn't think would be relevant to the overcome story. Right. So it was just kind of laying all out the points in my life and then figuring what were the most important parts to share. That's awesome. And so, I mean, it sounds like you have more memoirs in the book, in 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 the in your pocket. I do. That's what I've been thinking about, too, because I do want to write a second one. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I have so many ideas. Like, there's so many stories in right, sex work like that I didn't feel because the story is about overcoming and it's not like all of the stories of sex work, like things that weren't really relevant to the journey of struggling and overcoming. Mm -hmm. So there's like funny, scary, like stories like that, that could totally be another book. Then I'm like, I want to write about how I got clean and sober because that's something I feel like, what is it? One in five people struggle with addiction. So that's something that could help people. And then my eating disorder was like a huge part of my life. And that in itself, like that I could write about that too so there are so many different more (laughs) things I could like write you know so that's always it's nice to know that I have all these ideas but it also is overwhelming to start one because I don't know which one to choose right of course it's and it's hard to choose from because like you said earlier you're an open book you you want to share your story and you want to help people it's just like who do I want to help next yeah (laughs) all right so this next one is um also from Facebook Um, Do you worry that people are going to recognize you or say something to you about your work in the industry? Yeah, I I mean, I do get recognized once in a while, Mm -hmm. but it's never anything bad. Well, I mean, I have had a couple bad experiences. (laughs) I had a guy at the gym who literally like came up to the treadmill. I was like, I just jerked off to you in the car and then ran outside the gym. My husband was like puffing his chest, like trying to run (laughs) after him. He's like, what the what a creep. But for the most oh part, goodness. when people do recognize me, mm-hmm. they're scared to come up to me. Mm-hmm. I guess this like, like intimidated. Yeah. But then I'll like check my Twitter and be like, hi, were you at this place at this time? I think I saw you. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to like bite you. But at the same time, some people might cross the line. Yeah. So I don't always want someone to say. I mean, if I'm with my kid, mm-hmm. I would hope no one would come up and say something. But at the same time, I don't like I said, I'm, I'm an open book, so mm-hmm. I don't care if someone says anything, everyone knows what I do. So as long as it's not like a scary, disrespectful way, mm-hmm. then that's fine. But other than that, it's not really a concern. That's good, though. Mm-hmm. At, at least like the creepy times are few. Yeah. I mean, it's only that was like the one instance that stood out over the last seven years. See, and that's good, though. Yeah. No, like stalkers or anything <sighs> like that. Thank God. Those are the worst. <laughs> um, the next question kind of follows into your answer. Do you worry that your reputation in your career is going to affect your daughter when she's old enough to understand? That's my biggest worry. When I got into the industry, that wasn't my, like, I wasn't thinking like, oh, one day I might have a family. I was, you know, I was addicted to drugs and I was young and not thinking about my future, even knowing if I'd have a future at the point I was living. I was like, whatever. Right. Um, So by the time I started thinking about having a family, I'm already like four years into porn and at that point, it's already out there. So I knew, I mean, I've always been concerned since I've thought about having a child, like, well, will they hate me one day? And then, like, I worry about it all the time, even though I know it's like, I shouldn't worry about it until it happens. But like, I have like a little 
savings set aside for Vienna to go to public school just in case she gets made one of a or to private school just in case she gets made one of a public and I need to like bring her somewhere else so I'm like trying to have like all these backup plans for her because I do worry about that all the time I just I just hope that the way we raise her to be not like shameful about it and I was just gonna ask you about that yeah we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna be open um obviously not like when she's five-year-old tell her exactly what I do but when it's like appropriate or I want to make sure that she knows before people say something yeah of course so we want her to be not it's not like I want to like promote her to like go have sex but I also want her to be educated because no one told me about sex I think that's why I wanted to do it so bad because it was like so (laughs) shameful like of course my dad like just no you you'll have sex and die type of deal (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) so I want to be very like positive and all that kind of stuff with her and let her educational yeah educational and to be open with her about uh, my story yeah with her so um again kind of like pulling from the questions that we were asked talking about your profession with your family and with your child is that something that you are afraid to do or are you are you shamed and that's why she's you're concerned about like pushing off other people's feelings onto your daughter because she's so young right so I'm not I would talk about like I talk with my husband like every detail of like everything with him like yeah. that's why he I, that's why he says he trusts me so much he's like you literally you're not hiding it yeah I'm not hiding it I'm I'm not ashamed of it but I know the way most people see the industry especially when you're not in it like my my mother-in-law thinks like it's like pimps and stuff like she pictures it like the like low budget things that must happen in like other states or countries or something but she doesn't know that it's like this whole set and it's like a professional setting so I know people don't really understand it and it just it does just like the thought of it it obviously isn't something that most people are comfortable talking about right of course so just because I'm sexually open doesn't mean everyone in the room wants to hear me talk about sex (laughs) because people might not be comfortable with that of course so I definitely don't feel comfortable talking about it to like my in-laws I say like oh I have to work Mm -hmm. and that's about it and like one time I told her I was like that, or my husband told her that I was doing a movie. It was like a, a parody of something. She's like, so it's basically like they're redoing the movie, but then they just all have sex at the end. <laughs> he was like, yeah, pretty much. That's just what happens. <laughs> so it's more open now. And like with my sisters, I can talk about it. But by the time my daughter is able to know what that stuff is, mm-hmm. I don't think I'll still be doing it, first of all. Right. And... My whole hope is, like, by that time, like, those videos should be pretty buried deep on the internet with how much (laughs) porn comes out every single day. Right, of course. So I just hope it won't be as big of a deal, too. Like, maybe people will be more sex positive. Yeah, that's what we can hope for. And, I mean, if you – like, I have a a couple of friends who've done, like, naked photo shoots and, like, more risque, like, just picture sharing and that kind of thing. Right. And – they aren't it's not it's not so much that they're not like shy about it it's like they they talk about it in a this is art like why are you making a big deal we go we go see old paintings of naked people and statues with dicks out all over the place true and everyone's like revering them as this like hugely aesthetic art thing and then here we are having people the same kind of people 
talking about porn, like you said, like it's pimps or dirty or yeah. in this like seedy ass motel. Yes. And so they talk about it in that kind of frame of work. Like this is an art. This is a movie. Like you're not going to talk shit about Meryl Streep for acting. Why would you talk shit about someone else doing acting just because it's different than what you're used to? Yes. That's always been very frustrating to me, too, because... I choose what I do. And I think that's another thing that people think is that all these girls must be addicted to drugs and we must all be forced to be doing this. So it's 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 different because, you know, like that you can't really you never know what people are going to think about it. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard when people say, oh, what do you do? Yeah, of course. And you don't want to just be like, oh, porn. You know, it's (laughs) it's a very hard question because of. Yeah. Of just like the stereotypes around it and the way society views it. So it's always very, very challenging. But that is why I wanted to branch out and I wanted to write and I wanted to show myself that there is more I can do. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's why I'm happy for like my story, my journey, everything, because I feel like there is like a higher purpose and like writing my book and helping people like that was huge. Right. Um, So the next question is... um, What's your favorite part about being in the industry or formerly being in the industry versus like being director of your own content? Oh, so being in the industry. Mm -hmm. I like getting my hair and makeup done. (laughs) (laughs) I love feeling like a princess in the morning and I don't have to get ready myself. But there is so many aspects. Like I like um, getting like the cute like pictures back Mm -hmm. and being on like DVD covers or like the magazines like I guess the attention part of it mm-hmm. is like it's pretty cool like I'm from a super small town so the fact that even though it might be porn like doing those things like it's still sometimes I'm just like really proud of myself that I came from out of that small town and I moved to LA by myself to come right. do this mm-hmm. so people might look down at what it is but to me it's like wow I, I took myself here and did this yeah and it, I mean it's a huge it's a huge thing and then What's the difference? Like, that's your favorite part of being in the industry. So then what's your favorite part about now? The way that you do things now. I love that I'm home. Yeah. So, you know, I can drop my daughter off at daycare and then go to work like a normal person and then pick her back up. Because, I mean, girls that live in L.A., I guess, could do that. Moms that do that. But on set, you you could be there for like 16 hours. You never know how long. You don't have like a set schedule. It's however long. It's acting. Yeah. So it's whenever the scene gets done. So I like that I'm working my own terms. Mm-hmm. I'm not forced or feel pressured. I shouldn't say forced, but I don't shouldn't not feeling pressured to do certain acts I don't want to. Right. Like I was doing these crazy scenes at the end that my body was just like kind of fighting me. Ugh. So now it's just like, oh, I can work from home and make the same amount of money. That's pretty cool. And I can still like, you know, get that done. And then I can go clean the house and go pick my daughter up from work. <laughs> like I like just being in my own little bubble like at home. In your own space. That's mm-hmm. the, that's super interesting. I also didn't realize that there was the same monetary gain from industry and from direct. Uh, what, what What is it like? Performing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just don't know what the word <laughs> So it didn't used to be that way. The last couple of years like online platforms have blown up yeah so I started seeing that I was making more money being at home like when I returned to the industry than I was on set all day long so I was like why am I leaving my child to go make like pretty much the equivalent of the same money when I could just be doing it from home so yeah there's so many ways that you can make your own money so many different websites now yeah that 
no one and a lot of performers are like not shooting anymore because they know they can make money from home. I have a friend who is looking into the industry right now, doing the online platforms and that kind of thing. And she comes to me and she's talking to me about it. And <laughs> I gave her your book. Oh, I told that's her awesome. I told her that she needed to read the book before she made any decisions. Right. Because she's young and doesn't really have like she doesn't know a whole lot about the industry and anything like about the back, the behind the scenes part right. of it. So I told her that she needed to read the book and I gave her uh, Girlvert also. Oh, good. Just so that she could have like different things to pull from because I wanted her to be informed about it. But I didn't. And I, and I mean, she was just like, I am a broke college kid. I don't know yeah. how to make money. And and she's just like, but fuck it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, I, I'm all about it, but you need to know what you're getting into. You need to be aware of all of these things and you need to choose like because um, some of the platforms, some of the girls on the online platforms like don't show their face. Yeah, there's very few girls that don't show their face. Like there's yep. one girl that's literally her name is no face girl. <laughs> that's, that's her like username. That's the best. But that's that's good for her because now she can't be recognized. Mm-hmm. And or at least they can't prove it because they don't see her face. You right, know, they, of course. It might look like her from behind and stuff, but or you whatever. can't really put it. Through. Yeah. But that is one thing I do tell girls that ask me too. Mm-hmm. Is is this just like a short term? Like you just want to make some money really quick, right? Because if you wanted to do that, you might as well go stripping or something that's not plastered on the internet, on the internet. forever. Because right. I kind of knew after because I was already webcamming for a few years and dancing for I think two or three years beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I already had like my feet wet in the adult industry and knew that's what I wanted to do. And I knew if I went for it, like I wasn't gonna just like oh I'm just doing Tip-toe. this for money, right? You know, like I, I was doing it because I wanted to. And um, like there are so many girls that come in for about like a month or two and then they leave and now they have videos on the Internet. So, right, of course, if a future boss sees that, I mean, that could affect the rest of their life. Like there's girls. I remember a girl came in and she said that she was just doing this to get money. Cause she's going to be a doctor. I'm like, oh, like, or like teachers and stuff. I'm like, yeah, no, teachers who can't do the thing. Yeah. So you have to think about what long term goals are because it's not worth it to make a quick buck mm-hmm. and jeopardize your future. Right. Of course, you got to do it because you like doing it. Yeah. And you, it's something that you want to do long term and find like a business. At, like when I first got into the industry, I was not thinking like business wise at all. I was thinking about drugs and partying right of course so thank god like I finally got my head on straight at the end so I could kind of market a way to do it where I'm actually getting something out of it right of course um and and that's that's really funny because that leads into the next question which was if you have advice to people who are looking to get into the industry Mm. versus getting into performing on your own what advice would you give to both so if you wanted to get into the industry to perform Definitely, like I was just saying, make sure it's something you're planning on doing long term or if not, I shouldn't say doing long term, but something that won't affect future careers you want to. Yeah. Like if you want to be a teacher, maybe don't do porn. Exactly. Like if you're going to be like doing makeup or something like that's you can kind of get away with. Yeah. If you're doing something like that's in an independent publishing system or an independent like company altogether. Basically, if you're not working with kids. Yeah. Which sucks now because now I'm like, I love kids so much. I'm like, I wish I could work with babies, but that will never happen. <laughs> or like, get this girl and away. And it sucks because it's not like you're doing anything wrong. Right. But people are complicated. I mean, 
we just started to have tattoos be okay that's true and like it's really funny because when i was younger i always talked about getting tattoos and i always started doing this and my my mom was like well make sure you can have them covered and my dad was like make sure you could have them covered and now my mom's like get all the tattoos all you want just don't tattoo your face yeah <laughs> and i'm just like that seems super legitimate so now i have like 20 tattoos or something like that oh I, do you i got my first i got my first wrist tattoo like Ooh. a month ago um, but yeah, I have like my whole underbust done. My hips are done. Wow. And but like I do do it in a way where I can cover it if I need to. Mm-hmm. But it's really funny. I went to an event for work the other day and I was wearing a uh, a, dra- a strap, like not a strapless dress, but like a short sleeve dress. Right. And I have tattoos down my arm. And it's very funny seeing some of the older school people. Oh, I bet. Make me make eyes at me for the way that I'm dressed or but I think the funniest sentence that's ever been said to me as a young person um that's maybe not traditional that doesn't look very traditional as you notice my hair is pink I love it (laughs) um I had a woman ask me not to touch her walls with my hair what because I was gonna stain them okay because that's how it works and I was at work so I couldn't respond like I wasn't 100% sure how to what do I say to you lady who's probably 97 years old that's like saying to someone who dyes their hair brown like <laughs> please don't touch your hair my walls will get brown like yeah that's not how it works and, but it was but it was probably it's that's definitely indicative of the different time frame is like I mean it's taken this long for people to be okay with funny colored hair and tattoos right and Eventually, I'm sure it'll become more standardized because everybody does porn. Everybody like I was mm-hmm. reading an article about uh, nudes right. and about naked, like how every girl like that's been a, like since I think they said like 1997 has had some sort of naked photo of them somewhere. I'm sure. And how people are just like so concerned, like don't take naked pictures because then they're going to get leaked or you asked for it to get leaked or right. you asked for all these people to show it. And I'm like. So? Right. I And that's like what's so frustrating is that so many, like everyone has sex, right? Yeah. And. Never. And <laughs> so everyone has sex. But like if you do it on camera, people treat us like we're killing people or doing something so wrong. But it's something that they do too. Yep. You do that same thing at home. Calm yeah. Down. Yeah. It's just like that we're confident or able you to just have do better it. lighting <laughs> we have better lighting yes <laughs> that's very true so it's just like very frustrating like as a performer to be like ah, and like the same way about being judged uh as a mom that does this I'm like I made my child by having sex that's how you made your child by having sex like so but because I'm having sex it's bad like if I had sex to have another child everyone would be, be like oh, good job mm-hmm. but if I have sex to have sex on camera like that then it's bad so it's just like it's it's the weird traditional yeah exactly it's the weird traditional hypocrites and mm-hmm. it's a thing that hopefully will grow out of eventually and I think that ushering into an age where women who are our age having children are tre- teaching their children to be positive about sex and to see it as so like great right. you're having sex how awesome good for you high five use a condom yes like yes um, I have younger siblings and I did the same thing for them when I was when I was in that period of time where I'm like, you're going to start having sex soon. Don't be stupid about it. Do these things and you'll right. be fine. It was never something in my house that we were like not talked that didn't get talked about. It was just like, don't be dumb. Have sex in the house. Don't have sex in a car because then you'll go to jail. 
See, that's awesome. I like that. And I mean, like, we didn't. Right. But that's how it was talked about in my house. Yeah. Um, At least it was talked about. Yeah, it was it wasn't it was not a taboo thing. It was just like everybody does it. So just use a condom. Don't be dumb. Don't get arrested. Like that was like my base rule in my house by, for my parents was don't get arrested and we'll be fine. Um, cool. Only one of us got arrested of the was four. Was it you? No. <laughs> no, it was not me. Um, and she didn't really get arrested. She was just returned to the house in a police oh. car. But it's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think I have two more questions for you. What is your message for people who are wholly against the industry? Like in general, all aspects of it. What is my advice? What, or what do you have my... something to say to them? That's nice. We're all, yeah. I'm like, well, I have some words for them. (laughs) We are people. I think a big misunderstanding is that just because I do porn that I'm this, I walk around like sultry and naked. Yeah. I walk around and that's what I am. And like, how can you be a mother? Like that I'm being like that in front of my daughter and like that I just have dildos all around like everywhere, you know, like that's not how my life is. Like I'm not just this like one type of person that's something like even like on Twitter like the porn fans don't get is I can tweet about something for my day and they'll make like make a dick joke somewhere like send you dick pics yeah exactly or make it sexual like I was at Disneyland here's my penis yeah I feel like there's you other people's career is just like oh that's what they do for a living but that doesn't define them but for some reason like sex work it does so you don't have to agree with it but I, it's just, it's very hard as a performer being in the adult industry when there is just so much criticism. It, it's, it's sad to like when you don't feel ashamed, but you know other people will make you feel that way. So it's almost like you feel ashamed, but you're not the person that feels shameful. Yeah. It's just like you're ashamed for their shame. Yeah. It's just how other people view you. But I mean, it's a job and everyone has sex. Most people have sex and. I'm doing it on camera and that's not for everyone else. But if someone's freely doing it, I feel like you should just let them live. Yeah, it's your life. Mm-hmm. You should let them live it however they want. Mm-hmm. Last question for this wonderful podcast. What is the funniest thing that's happened to you during your work? Hmm. The funniest thing Or that's the weirdest happened. Oh, I don't know if you want to know weirdest. I want to know everything. <gasps> this podcast is not safe for work. It's totally fine. Okay, I was going to say, how how much detail can we get in here? Where can I go? Anywhere you want. So, there's <laughs> guys. I get very weird emails all the time. <laughs> that Guys, you know, like a lot of stuff like selling panties. That's normal. Well, there's this one guy who his thing was buying my poop. <laughs> and he's very specific it has to be in a tupperware he tells me exactly how to pack so okay, the first time i'm gonna say this. so the first time <laughs> that this happened i was like didn't want to do it at first and my husband's like you you take poops anyways you may as well get paid for it so i'm like all right okay cool i'll do it but then i was like scared to do it i'm like i can't do it in a tupperware i'm scared so then he did it for me and i packed it up so the, the reason this guy wanted it is because he eats it Ew! No, Amber. <laughs> and he wa- and that's why I was like, why does he want me to do it specifically? He wanted the first time I did it was the day after Thanksgiving because okay. he wanted like Thanksgiving because he wanted to guess what I ate. 
That's so he would eat it, so and he, I remember I got an email, and he was like, oh, it's delicious. This is my husband's poop, first of all, that he's, like, chomping on. That's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> and he's like, did you have nuts? I taste almonds in here. And so he labels them, and he says that, like, once in a while, he'll give me an email, and it's like, oh, I had a spoonful of yours tonight. Like, so his fr- or his freezer has, like, all the girls he buys it from with, like, our names on it. And then he decides, like, what what dessert do I want? Do I want a little Carmen Karma poop tonight? He sounds like a lovely gentleman. <laughs> and I actually met him at AVM. No! He came up to me and he oh. handed me – I didn't know it was him at first. But okay. he, he handed me a Gatorade bottle. I was like, can you go to the bathroom with this? And I was like, what? And then he's like, it's me. When he said his name. I won't out you on here. But, <laughs> but he asked me to go to the bathroom with it. And I was like, are you going to pay me? And he was like, well, can you do it for me? I was like, no. But he still emails me and he's like, oh, I would love another one. And I'm like, well, I don't know if it's fully legal to ship that in the mail. And now I'm a mom. So like, I can't be doing that. <laughs> That's the best story that I've heard in so long. Yes. Oh, it my gets goodness. Weird. <laughs> that's hilarious I mean I know that's an extreme story but like is that kind of do you get like weird crazy stories like that or like things like that happening to you often yes <laughs> yes there are some weird things anything that Keeps you think is unheard of like there is guys I used to sell uh stuff from this is before I was in porn like the remember the pet egg like for your heel oh my god they would eat my heel dust you I know that's almost worse than poop <laughs> And my used tampons, people would like suck them dry. <laughs> there know, are weird people out there. Everybody's got something. Everybody's got something. So nothing shocks me anymore. That's good, though. I mean, now you have a child, so yes. that'll be a different kind of shock. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, on uh, sucking on tampons, let's uh, close off this podcast. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming uh, here and being with me. I appreciate your time. I want to thank our incredible sound guy, Andrew, over there behind the glass. Um, He has made my podcast game incredible, and now I can never do it differently. So, yeah, I wanted to thank you uh, again, our beautiful studio out here in Los Angeles. Thank you for coming, being patient with our silliness and our (laughs) sound problems and all of the things that come with going on a podcast. Thank you so much. I love answering questions. (laughs) All right. This has been The Publicist Speaks. Produced by Rare Bird, hosted by me, Jessica, the self-proclaimed podcast guru. Thank you for your time.